Welcome back to Glitchcast episode number 48. This week, we're talking uh, fall TV, what we've been watching. I don't even know what it's we a, really want to call it. kind this. of our spooky follow-up to Halloween last year. We're recording before Halloween, so technically it's keeping with that spooky theme. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, yeah, so we... We have both completed Haunting of Hill House, the Netflix yeah. series, so we'll we'll talk a little bit deeper about that and then kind of do an extended what you watch, and we've kind of skipped it last week, and there's uh, been other weeks where we skipped it, so we'll uh, go through that. But, of course, news as always first. First up, <clears throat> movie news. Wind River, director, and Hell or High Water and Sicario writer, Taylor Sheridan's next film is going to be called Fast. Uh, which is going to follow a former special forces commando who is recruited by the DEA to lead a black ops strike team targeting drug dealers who are protected by the CIA. And you know who's going to star in it? Chris Pratt. Oh. Now okay. that he's got a li- now that he's got a little gap in his schedule because Guardians 3 is, you know, limbo. Um, are we getting uh, Chris Pratt fatigue? Anybody else feel that or no? We good. I don't think I have Chris Pratt fatigue. I think I'm fatigued of the franchises that he's in. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. He'll be a... I mean, people were putting him as Indiana Jones next, like, but I'm, I don't, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want that. I just... Uh, side note, I bet the Fast and the Furious franchise is pissed that they took this name because now they can't make a prequel just called Fast. Fast. <laughs> they can make it called Furious. That's true doesn't work as well with car racing. Isn't there another movie called Fast, though? Isn't The Rock in a movie called Fast? Or is it called Faster? I think it's called Faster. I think it's Faster, <laughs> and I think it's... Isn't Nicolas Cage in it? Nope, it is just The Rock. Yep. Anyway, Fast is a good. terrible name yeah, for this not a movie. Good name. I don't know. It, it doesn't fit with what the story is about, but Taylor Sheridan, good stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm pumped. He, he also made uh, Yellowstone, which was a Paramount TV... I've heard this series, pretty good. which yeah, which is supposed to be pretty solid, and if it's anything like Hell or High Water, I'm all in. Hell or High Water, Hell or High Water is like one of my favorite movies the past five years. So, uh, next up, A24, which released Hereditary this past summer, which uh, I mean caused us to lose sleep, I would assume, uh, is going to release that director Ari Aster's follow up next summer. That's a pagan cult film. Uh, I believe it's supposed to be set in Sweden. Um, starring uh, Jack Rayner, who I believe was in... Um, what is that movie with the Irish kids that sing songs? Oh, Sing Street. Yep. Fantastic I, I think, movie. I think he was the older brother. Cannot um, recommend that enough. He's also Will... a creep in the Transformer movies. He's kind of like <laughs> He kind of like wants to get with younger girls or something. Weird. Uh, Will Poulter, who... Uh, was originally supposed to play Pennywise, and then when Pitts- oh, uh, then when Fukunaga, the ugly kid from up, The Revenant, yeah, and were the Millers, yeah, okay, <laughs> that nerdy dude who actually has like a deep British voice in real life, which is a wild, nice, wild combination, uh, and then some other people. But anyways, uh, this is about a couple that travels to Sweden to visit their friend's rural hometown for its fabled midsummer festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Uh, so it's a Scandinavian folk horror, is what they're calling it, um, and it's called Midsummer. Um, Aster, the director, has said that it's an apocalyptic breakup movie. Interesting. Apocalyptic breakup movie? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I believe his whole thing is like, Hereditary was like a family drama, right? and so this is going to be like a breakup as like the center kind of thing or something maybe i don't know sounds weird i'm all in for whatever he's doing and also i feel like you know scandinavian horror kind of stuff kind of got like a little bit of it with the ritual earlier this year i'm kind of Mm -hmm. in for like a little bit more yeah i mean i'm all for non-traditional horror i mean we're seeing some really artsy fartsy horror like we're not we're not getting the 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 tropes we're not getting trash we're starting to see some really good horror movies and uh this guy's made one of the best last year so uh, speaking of horror, Halloween, uh, I believe, is now leading uh, box office returns for horror movies. Just kidding. They're in second place because of Quiet Place. Um, and but, I uh, don't think we wrote this down, but I heard... Let's let's just talk about this because I heard this on another podcast I listened mm-hmm. to. Guess who is producing a comeback of Friday the 13th? LeBron James. What is that about? <laughs> what? 
I have no idea. LeBron has thrown his name. He's got like 10 projects that he's producing. He's got like a production company now, too. I don't know. That's the only reason he went to LA, I'm pretty sure, is just because like, he doesn't. Yeah, he wants to just do movies. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, no, it's an interesting. Apparently, he's a fan of horror, I guess, is what I've heard, and that's why he wants to do it. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's an odd combination. Uh,. Speaking of uh, reboots, though, Pirates of the Caribbean is getting a reboot from the Deadpool writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who also wrote uh, Zombieland. Also, so there's not a lot of details on this. Apparently, they just went and pitched to uh, Paramount, Universal, whoever makes Pirates. Disney makes Pirates. Yep. Um, Yeah, and uh, basically, they responded well to it, so now they're sort of producing it, getting it going. but no one really knows if it's like a hard reboot, if it's kind of like just like re like a soft reboot, like we've seen like with a lot of stuff recently, where like it's just taking something that's gone stale and sort of reworking it using mm-hmm. similar characters. But Johnny Depp, Mister having a lot of trouble recently uh, with law and money and all that fun stuff, um, has reportedly been you know kicked out of the franchise. So that would mean no more Jack Sparrow. However, there's, these aren't. This is just kind of like a rumor at this point. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was no more Jack Sparrow because it, it does feel like he's kind of run his course, you know? The time has come. Uh, I mean, did you even see the... You saw the latest one, right? Oh, I saw the latest one. It was bad. Um, spoiler f- for the very end, but I skipped 30 seconds if you really care about the end of the latest Pirates movie. But I heard um, Orlando Bloom and Keira Knightley do make an appearance at the end. They do, yes. So I'd be fine with them coming back and kind of leading this new charge. But yeah, I think Jack Sparrow's done. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't necessarily know if it's Jack Sparrow's is the problem. I think it's just kind of the franchise as a whole. Right. And I don't, so I, I don't know, know if I'm I'm excited for this, but no. it, it does, it is like a fun world. Like, I enjoy the first three movies. Oh, they're lot. great. Yeah. Um, For as many, you know, detractors that like the third one has, the At World's End or whatever, I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, And the first one is a classic. And so if they can get back into like that kind of tone, I feel like it might be interesting. It's like a cool world that we don't mm-hmm. really see anywhere else, but it is just like stale. Like it's it's tired. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see what happens though. Um, Boba Fett was originally going to be one of the star Wars story movies. Uh, but Lucasfilm has confirmed that it is 100% dead, which isn't, I don't think surprising at all, considering that John Favreau's, uh, the Mandalorian TV series, yeah. yeah, Mandalorian is centered who, around like uh, who was behind Hunter, this right? one that got axed? Was it the the guy who did Logan? Yes, it was. I heard Josh Trank was attached to it, but after Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. that bombed, mm-hmm. and the, he he gone. Yeah, but Plus it I've heard he's a diva. A but I guess I'm fine with this. We're already going to get that story with the Mandalorian, and hopefully, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little darker. And um, we had Bob Iger from Disney kind of say, "Listen, we are pumping the brakes a little bit on on all these Star Wars properties. We're getting a little, we're stretching ourselves a little too thin here, and we're going to focus on creating quality Disney movies, which I'm okay with this." Yeah, and it's I know it's you are. No, I'm 100 percent okay with this. It certainly feels like they're just not doing any more of those like one-off story movies. And if I don't know do, if there's any just in development do it anymore. Every couple of years, do it like every mm-hmm. three years. As much as I love Star Wars, and I'm the Star Wars fan of the show, I don't need one every single year alongside of new TV shows and new cartoons that are coming out. Yeah. Oh, God. It's just so... They've just made so, their so money much. back. Come on. Oh, God. Uh, well, thank God it's dead. Uh, next up, Leonardo... Oh, actually, uh, backtracking to the Mandalorian talk. Uh, I did hear that, that Disney streaming service is going to be like mainly, you know, like more family friendly and yeah. not like R-rated stuff. So you're kind of hope that it was going to be a little bit grittier. Probably not going to happen. Shut up, Austin. <laughs> uh, next up, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese are reteaming uh, on Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, Scorsese and DiCaprio had like, I feel like eight movies potentially in development. Like I'm pretty sure if you go to his, I, like DiCaprio's IMDb, he's got like eight like just stupid biopic historical biopic movies that are Scorsese's like in development. He's like ninety, isn't he? He's pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe he. They had a Teddy Roosevelt one in the works. They had a uh, who's that famous serial killer in H. H. Holmes one. Yep. Oh yeah, in the Devil works. In the, Devil in the White City. Yes. Uh, they had there was there was one other one. I can't remember what it was. But now they have this. This is officially happening. I guess uh, Scorsese directing. This is a New York Times bestselling book. Um, 
This, where is, okay, the story is set in 1920s Oklahoma and re- revolves around the Osage Nation, who were the richest people per capita in the world after oil was discovered under their land, and then they were murdered one by one. As the death toll rose, the newly created FBI took up the case and unraveled a chilling conspiracy and one of the most monstrous crimes in American history. I believe these murders are unsolved as oh. to today, so that's well, pretty true interesting. crime. Yeah, I imagine DiCaprio's going to be like the lead FBI agent or something. Um, sounds pretty interesting to me. And it, uh, it'll be good to see him as like a, a lead detective in a role where it's not all fake, like another movie he was in where he was playing a detective. I guess I won't spoil it. Or do you even know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Are you a fan uh, of that movie or are you not a fan of that it. movie? I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not giving it any, any guff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that sounds good, man. Uh, strange name, but uh, good premise. Yeah, I assume Flower Moon has something to do with the tribe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, I I think I would rather see this than like a Teddy Roosevelt movie. Yes. For sure. Yes. Maybe not necessarily H.H. H. Holmes, because that sounds pretty interesting. And I'd love that to see DiCaprio go full awesome. serial killer. Um, but this, this, this works for me. And if you're looking for more on H.H. Um, H. Holmes, highly recommend last podcast on the left. Listen to that episode. It's my favorite episode. Hilarious and disturbing. <laughs> The two best qualities to have. Yeah. Uh, next up, a Clueless remake is in early development at Paramount with uh, the Girls Trip writer producing and I believe contributing to the script as well. So Clueless was like a, a hit movie in the 90s. Yeah, it yes. was definitely in the 90s. Uh, Alicia Silverstone, Brittany Snow, rest in peace. Paul Rudd, young Paul Rudd, who somehow just still looks the same to today. He looks yeah. younger today than he did back then. Um, well, I can't imagine he looks great today, but... <laughs> Go on. Good. Yeah, good, good, good all right. Um, but, <laughs> I, got, I got you there. But, uh, I feel like this isn't a movie that should get a remake. I agree. Because like, it's, like it's like a cult classic, too. I don't think it made like a ton of money. I mean, it probably did with like DVD sales, long time, like long term. Mm-hmm. But in the theaters, it was, I think, a bomb. And it's it's such a a product of its time. Mm-hmm. And and it, yeah. it'll be tough to make it, it. Will it pander to the people who grew up with it, or will it be a bunch of like Gen Zers complaining about YouTube? You know. Yeah, the only way to really do a remake of like a movie kind of like this that isn't like. I don't know, like some sort of like epic movie or action movie or like a timeless story. Cause this is definitely like a movie of the times. Like you said, it's, you have to take it and put a spin on it in like modern day, yeah. which doesn't feel right because this is such a nineties movie. Yeah. Or like you have to like, like it, I don't even, it's just like, it's just a movie that can't be remade. Like you no. have to say something new and you can't really say something new. This is a movie that says anything anyway. So, and, it, and if they make it for like today's teens, it's going to be just cringe and mm-hmm. awful. I mean, I'm sure that's what our parents thought when Clueless came out uh, when I was young, but yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I did like girls trip though, more than I thought I would. I think weirdly, you, weirdly, I didn't you like said it. you were hyped for it. I it, fell asleep. It, really? Yeah. Well, I expected to like absolutely hate it and it was pretty funny tiffany hadish she's pretty good i expected to love it and i was extremely let down and then i fell asleep and i was very mad all about Um, expectations i guess uh last movie news story of the week lena dunham uh is going to adapt and write a syrian refugee survival story for steven spielberg and jj abrams never thought i'd hear those three names in the same sentence the hell how lena dunham is still getting work is beyond me not i'm not i don't have anything i assume she's talented considering girls was like a pretty big hit and like she made that she was like a showrunner on that show in like her 20s it's pretty impressive yeah but she's just like a terrible person and that's like you can't deny that like literally everyone has accepted that she is a terrible person yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Didn't she? Didn't she like rape her sister she, growing up? Yeah, she definitely sex. She she admitted to sexually abusing her little sister growing up. Um, she had to like have her dogs like taken away from her because oh, she yeah. would just like abandon them and leave them for weeks at a time. Um, she made up some BS story about uh, they were at there was I don't know if it was the Met Gala or something, but she was sitting next to Odell Beckham Jr. And apparently she, like, made up a total story about him being, like, extremely rude to her and, like, 
rejecting her advances and he was like i straight up just like didn't talk to her i don't know what is happening <laughs> and they like other people like corroborated that and she's just like she is extremely insensitive with some material like on instagram and twitter and stuff like that it just feels weird to have her do this and also can't you just wouldn't you be able to get someone that might have a little bit more of a connection to some sort of refugee story yeah. you know y- you say the three names spielberg abrams and lena dunham and just one of those just does not fit one does not belong <laughs> It's oh God, Lena Dunham. Leave Earth. Um, all right, that's it for movie news. TV news. Brooklyn Nine Nine, which uh, got canceled by Fox and picked up by NBC, has season six uh, officially coming in January 2019. So this upcoming January, uh, that'll make it almost a year out since the last season ended, and um, it's getting six extra episodes this year. So instead of the the standard what they thought was going to be like 13 for the half season, which is usually what happens with like a January release. They're getting 19 or 18, one of the two. Um, I'm pretty pumped. Have you caught up on Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet? Cool, 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 cool. Yes, um, I have about half of the final season and I am just in love with the show. I put it off for a long time just because it was on Fox, basically. And I just figured it was trash. But my God, it is so good. It gets close to the office quality as far as the side characters and how great they are. And I think it's better than Parks and Rec for me. Really? Yeah. I, you know what? I almost, I think I might actually agree with that. I think it, yeah. I think it is better than not, Parks and Rec. Not better it's, than The Office, but better than Parks and Rec. It's a different vibe than The Office. Yeah. I think. And I think that's, I think I almost might like it more than, than The Office because of that. Just because yeah. The Office is kind of like off kilter in a little bit. Um, but no, it, it's so good. It's definitely my favorite comedy that like on TV outside of like Veep, I think. Yeah. Um, which Veep coming to an end as well next year, sadly. Um, I'm pumped for this though. This should match up to pretty much when I finish. I got like 13 episodes left, and then January we'll get some new ones. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Star Trek animated comedy series is in order here from a Rick and Morty writer um, who has won Emmys apparently uh writing for rick and morty it's gonna be on cbs all access which already has the star trek discovery show i like we've said a million times whenever a star trek story comes up we're not star trek people <laughs> i just can't imagine and this is gonna be this is gonna be in a comedic effect apparently um we already have the orville and it, that's basically a cartoon yeah speaking <laughs> of the orville have you watched uh, season one yet i believe no. you, i think season two should be premiering pretty soon. it is um I'm starting to take the train now that it's getting colder and colder, so I'll just knock it out on my commute to work. <laughs> oh, good luck, good luck. Um, yeah, not excited for this. I just, I don't, and first off, animated series, I just can't really connect with a ton. Like, like I, Rick and Morty, I love. Uh, yeah. I, I've been watching, I'll get, I'll get to another one later in what you've been watching, but this just, I, no interest, especially Star Trek, feels like uh, a weird crossover. Yeah, it does. We're, we've got a lot of Star Trek out and a lot of Star Trek coming, and it's almost to the point where it's it's like Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, what, what what would your thoughts be on a Star Wars animated comedy series from a Rick and Morty writer? Same response? Don't care? Oh, Shut up? <laughs> yeah, probably even worse. Probably even worse of a response. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like we say all the time, we're not comic book readers, and we are not Star Trek people, so doesn't interest <laughs> us, but let us know if you're pumped. Uh. Next up, American Vandal, which just had season two premiere on Netflix about a month ago, has been canceled by Netflix. Um, however, it is being shopped elsewhere by the producers, so it was actually not produced by Netflix, which is sort of the reason that it got canceled. Uh, Netflix is just trying to axe all of like sort of like their outsource productions. Um, cheaper for them to just create in-house. Um, Unfortunately, stuff like this happens where we lose a great show like this. Um, but I imagine it'll get it picked up by another network or another streaming uh, platform. Season two, almost as good as season one. Both hilarious, incisive, just satire of like making a murderer, the jinx, and serial, and all that fun stuff. I didn't watch either season, but can you summarize season one and two in a sentence? Season one was about who drew the what? Yeah, who drew the dicks? Yep, and season two was about. Um, or is that a spoiler? Do you not want to tell me? I'm trying to. I forget what the tagline for season two was. Uh, <laughs> was basically, it about it's about poop. Yeah, it's about it's about someone uh, like almost like uh, poisoning uh, the the cafeteria with like laxatives, and everyone mm. shits their pants. Oh, good, good. 
Yeah. Now it sounds ridiculous, but I've heard it's absolutely hysterical. And like they play it so seriously that you're actually invested in this mystery, but it's about drawn dicks. The the season the season the mystery in season one, like I was on like the edge of my seat constantly. Like I (laughs) I was just like, I I need to watch watch the next episode. Maybe I'll give it a shot after I'm done with uh, nine nine. I highly recommend. Uh, last news story of the week: Steve Carell ha- is returning to TV in a way. Um, he's set as the male lead in the Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon morning news show uh, drama, which is coming from Apple. Actually, Apple apparently getting in the streaming game. Um, don't really know how this is gonna be released. If it's just gonna be like the Apple Store or something, and you have to yeah. do that, or if they sell it to something else, probably. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but this has already been ordered for two seasons, 20 episodes. I believe production starts next week. Pretty big. Steve Carell, return to TV. Albeit in a serious mode. It's, it's, it's just becoming too many services to keep track of. You know, mm-hmm. you've got Walmart starting their own streaming service. It's going to get as bad as, uh, as TV was. You know, we're in like this, this fine age right now where we're pretty much getting what we want. I've got Sling. Netflix, Plex, whatever. But boy, there's going to be too many of these things soon. Because I'm going to have to get Disney to watch The Mandalorian. It is, it, yeah. HBO. I'm, yeah. I'm fully there with you. I saw there's, who was it? Oh, Fox News um, is doing their own streaming service as well. I believe it's like $10 a month and it's called like Fox Nation. <laughs> First off, understand your audience. I think you're going to get a lot of people in that. No graphic that's gonna pay for a streaming service, but also it's like if a news channel is doing that for ten bucks a month, then you take say you're getting Netflix for another ten, fifteen bucks a month or whatever. That's twenty five bucks, and like all these other channels start breaking off, and they're like, oh, we're we're gonna offer our streaming service instead of just be like instead of just being a part of this cable. It's gonna package. cost it's more. Like, it just turns into yeah. a cable package. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna pay fifty dollars for seven streaming services for seven channels and then it's like i could do i could get cable for 80 bucks for 200 channels or something and like you know what you know what stopped people from pirating spotify because i can get every song that i want give me that solution i'll pay the 40 50 bucks a month that it's going to take but i mean competition is good but at at one point at what point are we going to get too many of these anyway i digress yeah um that's it for news this week though uh so we have three trailers for you first up yeah first up is bird box Box. which sounds like some like bad subscription service that like a podcast would read as an ad um (laughs) but but bird box bird box is a netflix movie uh premiering in december uh a woman and a pair of children are blindfolded and make their way through a dystopian setting along a river Interesting. Trailer definitely gives away more than that. Um, a lot more. Yeah. This is written written. This is based on a novel written by Eric Heisser, who actually wrote Arrival. Um, so got that sci-fi action right there. Um, stars Sandra Bullock, Sarah Paulson, B.D. Wong, John Malkovich, um, Trevante Rhodes, uh, Rel from uh, Get Out. A bunch of people in this movie. I was actually surprised. Um, but ba- I don't. Apparently, it's like you people start seeing some sort of creature that represents their worst fear or something, and these creatures can attack them. But yeah, like, but if they're it, blindfolded, kind of they can't. It doesn't affect their brain. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Basically, basically, you have to see it with your eyes for it to affect you. I guess. Yeah. It's very. It threw me off, and it was basically it's, like a year too late with Quiet Place around the corner. Yeah, Quiet it's Place just well, you know, it's a spiritual sequel to Quiet Place. We're just gonna yeah. hit all the senses. There's actually another movie coming out in December called The Silence, which is almost exactly the same movie as A Quiet Place. What's next? Smell. I think smell. It's be good. the smell. The smell. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren with a big nose just reminds me of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> um. Had a quiet place not came out a year ago, I'd be pumped for this. But at this point, I'm just really confused. I think I'm. I was interested in I would say half the trailer because mm-hmm. at a certain point it felt like it was like devolving into like a stupid kind of like quiet place knockoff, as well as like an action movie in a way. Yeah, and I wasn't like a big fan of like them all just being holed up in a house, like a hundred, like fifteen people holed up in a house. There were certain aspects that were kind of cool. I didn't think the car scene was very interesting or cool. It was no. kind of lame and expected. Um, but I liked I liked like her like rowing on the boat in the middle of the lake. Um, that was interesting. 
Uh, but then I, she, she, I think of like a blindfold comes off and you, you see something and it's just like a guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it a creature. I think, or something. It, I think it's a, I think it's a fake out. I have a feeling yeah, that one's okay. a fake out. And it's, it's just, like someone's just a normal dude. Yeah. Her, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so I don't know. It could go either way. If it leans into sort of like the thriller aspect and like psychological aspect of it, I'd be interested, but it feels like it's going to devolve into more like kind of big, big budget nonsense. It's like sci-fi and a cool premise enough that we'll probably break it down anyway. Uh, next up is Vox Lux. This uh, comes out in December as well. Stars Natalie Portman and Jude Law. Um, synopsis, an unusual set of circumstances brings unexpected success to a pop star. So Natalie Portman is just this, seems like a divisive kind She's of pop basically star. Basically Lady Gaga. Like yeah. I, I felt like I was watching a dark <laughs> telling of Lady Gaga's claim to fame. It feels like uh, like it's kind of aiming for like dark, pitch black comedy kind of thing. Um, yeah. I I won't spoil a big aspect of it that I got spoiled when I was reading about it uh, a couple months ago. Um, apparently, something happens in this movie that incites like I guess Natalie Portman's rise to fame. Uh, that is in a way controversial and might be pretty divisive for the audience so and this just looks like very artsy as it is so that on top of this thing that happens feels like this is like trying to be like an oscar awards movie but Mm. it's gonna fall somewhere in between and kind of almost almost be like as divisive as like a movie as mother was oh Uh, did you say who's directing uh, Brady Corbett, who Do I don't know if he's done anything else. Um, Funny Games. Um, that was he was an actor. Ter- oh, okay. Yeah, he really hasn't done anything. The Childhood of a Leader. Never heard of it. Yeah, no. So almost first time kind of guy. Yeah. I don't. Know, I don't know, man. It looks. It looks like. I know, and I know it's just because it's Natalie Portman, but she mm-hmm. looks kind of like a character in Black Swan. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be probably some some like a like. Pop star art, like it really just reminded me of like Lady Gaga's up, like yeah. how she got popular. Yeah, uh, it does feel like Portman will probably like try and aim for uh, another yeah. best actress nod with this. Um, last trailer of the week is for Cold Pursuit. <laughs> oh God! This is based on a Norwegian film, I believe, actually. Um, so starring... what, what genre is this, though? Let's let's tell the people what genre this is. It's, uh, it's, this, it's this old is, white guy. Who's this is awesome. Liam Neeson yeah. revenge thriller movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it stars Liam Neeson and Emmy Rossum and Laura Dern. Uh, Liam Neeson is a uh, snowplow driver whose son dies um, because of some drug dealers, mm-hmm. uh, a, a drug dealer mishap. And uh, this snowplow driver decides that he's going to kill them, as Liam Neeson is known to do. This, I I don't I don't I don't know what to think about this. Like, is it is it, if it leans fully into like just the absurdity of it, which I believe is what the original did. Apparently, the original was like very dark comedy and like lean in the comedic aspects of it and how ridiculous it was. If it if this movie does it, I don't think it's going to because Liam Neeson doesn't seem like the kind of person that would do that. But if it does, I feel like it could be a hit. See, I think it might because at the end of the trailer, he chokes out a guy and he thinks the guy's dead, and then the guy gets his breath back and comes back to the life, and then Liam Neeson's like, "Oh dear, I have to kill him again." <clears throat> I think it might get a little wacky. Some of the kills that we saw, he was like dropping a tree on through yeah. someone's car. Yeah. It might just be a dark, gory comedy, but it just cracks me up that of course it's Liam Neeson going on a revenge old man killing spree. He's just he's doing every mode of transportation revenge. Yeah. He did the train one, he did the plane one. Taken you know, yeah, snowplow. snowplow. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to get on a horse at some point. Like, Ooh, be, like Western be, style. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, all right, that is it for trailers this week. Uh, we will talk about uh, Haunting of Hill House, which is the Netflix series, uh, horror series, I guess, um, from Mike Flanagan, who made Oculus and Hush and uh, Gerald's Game and a bunch of stuff. Are we doing this... What You Watching, or is that after? No, no, we'll do What You Watching after, because okay. I feel like this, yeah. Um, so I've already talked about this. I think I mentioned it in what you watched a couple weeks ago um, that I, I liked it a lot um, without, I don't know, giving any spoilers away. You know, it's, it's very family drama. Um, I think that sort of that stuff is like really what ties the entire story together. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into it in spoilers. Um, 
specifically, but that aspect of it is really well done. I think the horror isn't like, I don't know. It, it didn't like scare me really. Yeah. This, at all. This sort of horror does nothing for me. Like it ghosts and <clears throat> demons that like bang on doors and shut cupboards and then scream when you see them. They didn't, they didn't even ghosts. It, it also, it honestly like wasn't even really, they didn't even like do that much of it. It was more so just like a uneasy atmosphere at times. You kind of um, see they're, they're in the background. Yeah. All I over do the like place. the background. That's stuff. really cool. Tension to detail is great in this show, but like yeah. the type of scares and the type of ominous beings do nothing for me. They're, there's a there there's a bigger reason that it doesn't work for me. Usually, ghost stuff, paranormal stuff does work for me. Um, mm-hmm. but kind of a spoiler. Well, yeah, we'll get yeah. into it in spoilers. Uh, but overall, I I really enjoyed it. Honestly, like pretty heartfelt at times, kind of heartbreaking at times too. Um, I liked how each character kind of had like a specific trait or a specific flaw that tied in or back into like the house and what happened and that kind of stuff. So. All this stuff. I thought most of the acting was pretty good. I don't think Dario's a good actor. I think no. he's kind of bad at acting. He was the weak link. Yeah. Dario from Game of Thrones is in this. Uh, Henry Henry Ian Thomas, no, I think, Ma- is his name. Ma- uh, My- Michael Huisman, I believe. No, no, no. From- um, I was going to talk about the other actors. Oh. Uh, I don't the know. The kid from E.T. is the dad uh, in this. I don't know his name. Oh, Timothy Hutton. That's No, that's the, that's the older version of him. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let me let me Google. I'm, it's it's God Henry. Oh, I can't find it. Um, yeah, I thought everyone was well cast, but Dario from Game of Thrones was the weakest link. Yeah, he was bad. His name's Henry Thomas. He was Elliot in E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and he was the dad, the young dad. Mm, okay. Um, surprisingly, the child actors I think hit it hit it out yeah. of park. I thought they were really good, and that can ruin a good the- movie or a good show. The um the twin brother child sucked. Mm-hmm. I hated him. I didn't really like him either. Yeah. But it felt kind of bad. I was like, I think he's autistic or something. <laughs> Those stupid glasses. Yeah, it was. Just get better glasses, bro. <laughs> I was really impressed with the child actors. But yeah, it didn't it didn't really scare me. Boy, the wife hadn't slept in two weeks though watching this. It scared the Pathetic. shit out of her. Pathetic. Um but it takes more of a family drama approach with a horror backdrop, much like Hereditary. It's more about the family and puts them in the center with the dread of the horror kind of taking a back seat, which I did like. Overall, yeah. I, I did really like it. Yeah. Um, would and you it be... might be really scary for some people, but not me. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But like when I watch it, I, I just did. I didn't see how it could be that. I could understand. There's a couple episodes that feel like they they're much more horror-y. There's like one or two that like kind of like lean into it a bit more. And there's but a, a lot there's of like it... three or four blatant jump scares that will get you. Yeah. yeah there's yeah, only yeah. a couple though. It's not full of it, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um. Should we just get, give it a grade and then talk spoilers for it? I'm ready to give it my one it. sentence review. Oh, okay. Give it your one <laughs> sentence review. Is it what is it called? The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, haunting of Hill House. I, I'm always like, hey, Sarah, you want to watch the House Hill, Hill, Hilly, <laughs> the, the Ghost Hill? The Haunting of Hill House has more heart than it does horror, but the horror that's there is some of the best ever put to television. B plus. Oh, nice. All right. Um, I also give it a B plus. Oh, I don't. I don't. Terribly a, aligned. Terribly I boring. I don't have a sentence for it. Um. All right, well, that's it for uh, Not Spoilers for Honey and Hell House. Uh, recommend watching it. Rather, really whether you good. like, I guess, like horror or not, obviously if you like horror, you should definitely watch it, but uh, definitely worth it for, for everything else that's in it. Um, all right, so spoilers. If you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. Uh, check the timestamp in the description to jump to what you're watching where we'll have a lot of stuff um, to talk about. And then in case you don't jump, what are we doing next week? <clears throat> next week is either Bohemian Rhapsody or Suspiria. Oh, okay. We'll need Maybe to watch both. the original. I haven't seen we'll the original. See. Either have I. Ooh, baby, let's go. <laughs> and we might record in person for the first time. I know we make this promise a lot, but... <laughs> there might, might not happen. be an awkward one-third of a second lag between <laughs> all of our jokes and laughs. Um, all right. Uh, spoilers. Haunting the Hill House. All right. The reason that the horror didn't work for me is because after, like, a certain... First off, like, the first couple episodes when, like, you're still kind of, like in the dark about what this house is doing to the people and like why they're freaking out in their real life. Just, there wasn't that many like scares. It felt like outside of like the weird floating lady that like randomly appeared and stuff. More um, of just slow burn, build the yeah. atmosphere, seeing stuff in the background, <laughs> seeing something that you think is a ghost kind of out of focus. A lot of that. Yeah. Which was 
fine with me. I was fine with that. It was like, oh, it'll build up. It'll yeah. get like kind of like intense later. And then you hit the episode where uh, the the daughter kills herself, and mm-hmm. you find out that she was the one She's that was the scaring lady. herself. Yeah. And then from there, you kind of just realize, oh, well, pretty much all of this is just tied back into the family. Like they're doing it to themselves, essentially. Like the druggy brother, like in a way. Like, I like that they kind of play with it, like, is it actually there? Is it just because he's on drugs? Is it because he has that problem? I like that, but it's just, like, that didn't make it scary. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of it was, like, oh, it's because of what happened, or it's happening because of what they did in the house, or, but oh, it's not real. It might be real. I don't know. Here's my just... big problem. <clears throat> what did happen? What is the house's backstory? Yeah. That is something what, that I would like were, to Was there a mass murder? Was there a cult? It, was it, like, why it, was the house evil? Felt- I, I don't know. It was felt it built like, on an Indian cemetery? Like, what is going on? I needed to, I needed something. It felt like they were just, like, making the house a character in itself. And then, like, yeah. the house would, like, draw people into wanting to stay there. And, like, by, like, either driving them crazy, giving them uh, illusions or hallucinations or whatever. And then, at a certain point, it kind of made the one ghost lady, the, like, redheaded ghost lady... Yeah, like yeah. the old timey like out of nowhere, she's one. like the main evil lady. Yeah, and then they like kind of made her like be the one that was like trying to twist uh, the mom into like staying there and like going crazy. And then I was like, is she the one that is causing all the problems? But then like once you get to the end, it's like, oh, there's uh, apparently a bunch of ghosts here that we didn't really see. So I'm with you. I was like a little confused, and I and and then the, the I guess the most menacing thing is supposed to be this red room. But mm-hmm. in the red room, the red room's actually like a comforting room for people. For the mom, it's the reading room. For the for Luke, it's a treehouse. For Nell, it's a dancing room. So was is the red room what you need it to be to live your? I I didn't get it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I truly I truly don't know. I didn't really understand. It felt. I mean, it was a it was a happy ending. Felt like, I guess it, felt, it was. Cute. It felt like the red room was just there to try to convince these people to like go back in there like when they wanted to feel safe or right and then like if they left it they didn't feel as right as when they went in there or as at home or whatever but yet i think it all just kind of ties into it sort of falters because you don't really have like a straight villain because it's just like oh the house is this and i kept waiting for that i kept waiting for it to build to the big bad but a house can only be bad i I, I didn't get like (laughs) There was a zombie in the basement, which was that was a spooky oh, scene, yeah. but it was just that some was half-bodied weird. zombie crawling, like oh, oh, crawling yeah. towards him, and then you never see him again. I just didn't get what the evil was, and I couldn't, I couldn't understand if the evil of the house wanted just wanted them to all stay there, or if it like was actually trying to terrify them. Like with the zombie thing, was that like actually trying to get the kid, or was that like? something else like i like i thought they kind of went against the main goal of the house it felt like and i also didn't like that the parents were seeing stuff but they would never believe their kids they would ne- like the kids like i saw the bad neck lady and they're like yeah. no you didn't the dad's like hey did you see that ghost earlier shit um our daughter said she saw a ghost she's she's just a, she's an idiot <laughs> i i also I wasn't the biggest fan of the whole touching and, like, they know, like, what the person is feeling or, like, their entire history or whatever. It felt like that was a weird, like, additional superpower thing to add in there. Yeah, why did one person have a superpower? I guess the mom hinted that she had a slight power. Yeah, the the mom acted like she had it as well. But I just assumed the mom was just crazy right off the bat, and I thought they were going to lead with that. But then they kind of went a little bit more, and I was just like, just let it happen. Like, let them actually be crazy or, like, have these demons as opposed to, like, no – it's this weird this weird actual ability they have and the house is also just running the show. I know it's it sounds like we hated the show cuz we went into spoilers <laughs> and we just started trashing it. There's a lot of good here. The family drama is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters are the best developed characters in any horror thing I've ever seen, I think. Yeah. yeah. And there's a scene with a insanely long take at a funeral home like episode 7. The, yeah, the entire episode is. The entire episode. I'm sure they, you know, did some CG yeah. edits and stuff, but yeah. It seems like every TV show is trying to outdo each other these days. I'm watching Daredevil season 3 and boy, there's a good one in that too. Um that was a really that was probably my favorite episode. Oh yeah. One. Yeah, easily. And it that that was like sort of the perfect balance between the family drama and the horror aspect of it too. It was probably the scariest episode. There's a lot of great drama mm-hmm. in there. Everybody's arguing and crying and doing weird stuff. 
Yeah, the, the sound bit, design was incredible. There was, it was thunder and lightning the whole time. Yeah, yeah, it was perfect, building off like the emotion of like the last episode too, where it was like the suicide episode. And so, I don't that. Yeah, that was a great episode. I like the like the last two episodes were pretty good, where it was just kind of like felt like we were kind of getting like full circle. Granted, again, like I like the the ending was like you know bittersweet in yeah. in a way because like whatever the dad died too, uh, but then they were like all like happy with their lives, but. <clears throat> um, I still didn't. I got. I feel like just, I got closure on the family, but I got no closure on the yeah, house. Yeah, I got no closure on the evil. It doesn't sound like they're planning on doing like another season or anything. No. And like if they did, I would love to get like an anthology series or something where they delve a little bit deeper into it. Maybe a new family moves in, or yeah. we just see a family from the past instead. Like I, I don't know. Well, it, it'll be interesting. Apparently, this story is done. So Flanagan yeah. has said mm-hmm. that the Crane story is done, which is fully down for that. Um, but I would, I would like to, you know, learn a little bit more about the Hill House. <laughs> I agree, because I still don't know what it's all about. Yeah. I don't know its goals. I don't know the rules. I don't know its backstory. I don't know why it's evil. Which sometimes it's fine, but I just we need a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the, the ghosts and the haunting and the evils just felt random, and like whatever the story mm-hmm. wanted to throw at you at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no rhyme or reason to it. No, um, no. That's that's pretty much all I have to say about uh, Hill House here. Um, I had one thing I found on Reddit. Um, it said there's little hints throughout different episodes. They fill in the puzzle at the end. There are hints and buildups to the red room. Someone said, I'll look in the treehouse. The guy's like, I, I don't have a treehouse. And then somebody says, which room is the game room? And wait, mom has a reading room? Where's that? I didn't catch any of those because that room is uh, different for every character. And I didn't yeah. catch that. Um, there's probably a lot of hints to what <clears throat> is going to happen at the end with the ghosts and all that. But overall, B+, good series, worth a watch. Some of the, some of the best, most emotional horror you'll ever see. Yeah, hits hard. Um, all right, that is it for the Hill House discussion. Um, time for what you're watching. So we've got we've got a bit of stuff that we've watched, whether TV or movies, and we'll you know give a quick minute to it, minute minute couple minutes per thing. Um, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I'll I'll be brief on my first one. I watched Sorry to Bother You. You saw that, right? I did. Yeah. Lakeith Stanfield, I believe, is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um. Tessa Thompson starts out about a, st- a guy. Starts out about a story about a guy who needs a job and gets a job at a call center. And boy, I remember you saying about halfway mo- through this movie takes a twist that mm-hmm. you just do not see, goes, see goes coming. Bonkers. And nothing could have prepared me for what happened halfway through this movie and where yeah. this movie goes. I like. I thought it, I, I I was speechless. I was like, "What is happening right now?" It is one of the weirdest most out of nowhere things I think that has ever it's like the second half of the movie is a completely different movie than the first half which <laughs> yeah. it was bizarre and I don't want to spoil it give it a watch I enjoyed it I think mm-hmm. but I was just mm-hmm. like what the hell is happening the biggest twist in a movie that I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> nothing could have prepared me I was like oh Austin he's he doesn't it's fine it's not that big of a twist my god uh yeah yeah teach you to believe me now um uh i'll run through it seems like i got a few more than you so i'll run through the movies that i've seen recently uh i watched apostle which is a netflix movie um this is sort of a i thought that was a show no this is sort of like a horror movie in a way more of like a thriller action kind of thing i don't know it's kind of confusing the weird uh from gareth evans who made the raid movies Mm -hmm. which are outstanding action films uh starring dan stevens who was the beast in beauty and the beast uh he was in the horror movie the guest uh highly recommend stars michael sheen as sort of like this this not cult leader but sort of preacher that started this community on like an island that is sort of people on the mainland aren't a fan of because it's sort of cultish like that and basically dan stevens goes to uh rescue his sister that was kidnapped by them and um it is i've heard it's it's gory yeah and yeah there's some like there kills some, that are you gotta like turn away yeah there's there's some brutal stuff in there um it is it, it's pretty tense a lot of the time there's it kind of keeps you like on your toes you're not really fully sure what's going on you don't know if there's like some sort of supernatural thing as well that's happening here if it's just like all kind of like cold stuff and um at a certain point it it weirdly like shifts villains at a certain point and Mm -hmm. i was not a fan of that um but 
ultimately, I I liked pretty much all the performances. Michael Sheen is outstanding in this. Yeah, it feels like he was like born to play like a weird old timey preacher. Um, there's I don't know. There's some weird stuff. It doesn't evolve like super into action. It feels like there was a lot cut from the movie though, because like Dan Stevens' character is built up, but then like he also like kicks ass at certain times, and you're like. He shouldn't be able to do that, and you're like, it feels like they cut out like some backstory it's for him. Two hours like and a- ten minutes. Should it have been yeah. longer? Maybe I don't know. Um, ultimately, it's pretty entertaining, pretty tense, uh, pretty thrilling, and I'm always a fan of cult stuff. So I give it like a B minus. I think it like warrants a watch. Like if you don't really have anything else to watch. I forgot to rate Sorry to Bother You. Probably a B minus as well, just because it felt like two it's completely wild, different yeah. movies. And honestly, it does. I don't. I. I can't even put a grade on it. <laughs> um, next up, I watched another horror movie called Ghost Stories by Ooh, uh, a couple of like, indie filmmakers. Um, this is basically about a dude that uh, has like a show where he just like goes and busts like psychics and stuff and like like bullshit paranormal people, and then um, he basically goes and talks to three people about uh, different ghost stories that they have to see like if he can like somehow debunk them. Um, so they're all like unrelated. Um, Martin Freeman's in this. He's one of the people that gives the Hobbit. The ghost. Yep, he's one of the people that gives the ghost story. Uh, the the weird kid from uh, that Black Mirror episode. Shut up and dance. Yep, yep. Um, is in this. Um, it's <sighs> this has one of the more annoying twists. Um, oh. it, it has a twist that I do not like um, at all when movies do this or shows do this. And I just, it, it kind of ruined it for me. Hmm. Some of the horror that they set up that <sighs> there was one horror sequence. There was one sequence where he was like leading in to talk to like one of the people. And like, it was like very like creepy and weird and tense. And then he starts talking to him and then they just don't address what happened. And you just get the story and you're like, well, that kind of sucked. And it was like, that was the scariest part of the movie, the most tense part of the movie. The rest of it was like kind of tense, but it was just like, I don't know. Maybe I'm not like built for anthology stories because it was so disjointed, but. Do the three stories connect or are they truly three separate incidents? They're three separate incidents. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. It's. Does anything happen at the end of time altogether or is that a spoiler? Yes. Okay. Something happens at the end gotcha. of time altogether and it's. <laughs> what, what, it what's your grade? Uh, C plus. So average plus yeah yeah okay plus uh then i also saw bad times at el royale which was actually my most uh anticipated movie of the year uh chris hemsworth jeff bridges uh dakota johnson this movie was a letdown for me because i was like way too hyped for it i think um if if it's it's, your most anticipated movie of the year it's gotta be tough to live up to those expectations um, it's a it's a little bit too long there's some some stories it almost feels like a tarantino kind of movie where it's like bouncing around from different characters like learning about their backstories does some like weird stylistic things that i wasn't the biggest fan of it's pretty i mean like it's fairly entertaining but it like gets a little long and like when you're super hyped for it and then you're like let down at a certain point you're like i just want it to end uh (laughs) but it it gets a b minus for me wow okay above average that's good yeah um let me knock one out here I drank some wine with the wife and watched The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, hell yeah. Did you watch this one yet? No, I have not. Um, it is good for exactly what I described. If you got a lady, you got some wine, you want to watch a, a dumb flick, give it a go. Um, the, the two gals do their best, Mila Kunis and what's her name? Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Uh, and the Justin Thoreau is fantastic in it. Uh, he's hilarious. He's, I want to see him in like his Bond now, actually, since he was kind of a spy in this Ooh. movie. But um, boy, it was it was really dumb and not worth a watch on a normal night. Uh, kind of, C minus. Kind of yeah, kind of what I would expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll run through a couple here. Uh, Big Mouth, which is had season two release on Netflix uh, last week or two weeks ago. Is that a animated series, yeah, yeah, animated series from uh, like Nick Kroll, um, basically starring just like a bunch of comedic actors voicing stuff. Uh, it's like I think I talked about it last year during season one. It's like the they should show this in high schools and like middle schools for like sex ed class because it's basically all about like these preteens and teens like going through like puberty and all this stuff, but it does it hilariously where you're like, Oh, that's actually, that's actually pretty informative weirdly for like a weird Netflix show. That's just like making (laughs) dumb jokes. Um, 
but it's pretty it's pretty entertaining i don't like i don't know i can't like watch like a lot of it at one time just again because it's like animated um but i also love nick kroll so sort of sells me on that um I've also been watching American Horror Story Apocalypse, the latest season, which actually ties together uh, Murder House, the first season, and Coven, which I believe is the third season. Ooh. And um, How, Hold okay. on, hold on. Did it start good and has devolved into complete trash, just like every single season <laughs> aside from the first two? It, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did although, you watch although, the first the, episode the, and you're like, okay, okay, I'm in. I think I'm in for this. It, actually, no, no, no. I take that back. It's it's like a roller coaster ride. It's like up and down. It, it, it started out good, then it dropped, then it got back up, then it dropped again, and then it got back up. They did like a, almost like an entirely Murder House devoted episode, and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Um, but I definitely know that I'm going to be let down and hate the rest of it. So it's it, it just I got to the point where I'm watching American Horror Story and I just I'm looking at my phone the whole time and I just feel like I'm wasting my time and I hated that feeling. Do you feel that way? Um, no. I. I How I often do you check I your phone during the episode? Oh, pretty, pretty often. <laughs> You're like, I'm, pretty, I'm on the phone pretty, the whole time. Yeah, I'm, pretty, yeah. I'm tweeting it's as pretty, hell. Pretty much like half the I'm episode. Sliding into my DMs. <laughs> Um, but it's, I don't know. I'll check back in at the end of the season and let you know how much I hated my life watching the last three, four episodes. Oh, um, and then this next one, actually, we've both been watching. It's always sunny in Philadelphia season 13. Um, has it lost its touch? Has not lost its touch. I still, still having a blast. The last episode with chart with just Charlie home alone was a little weird, but I think the season's been pretty strong, Mm -hmm. even though they did. They pretty much devolved into a clip show episode two episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has it, it, the like the second and third episode were outstanding. Yeah. Um. Like just like peak. It's always sunny yes. work. Yes. Um. The first episode was okay. It was just like essentially just to bring Dennis back. Um. Yeah. In like a funny meta way. And then yeah, the last two episodes have been kind of whatever. It's been but strong. It's, but it's, it's but it's still strong. but it's still it's still hammering home hard. Yeah. I hope the se- the ending of the season doesn't fizzle out. I feel like they put these in the middle just to have a strong mm-hmm. end. But we'll see. It's it's mm-hmm. been good as it's always been. Hasn't dropped too bad. Yeah. Um. And then uh, my last two, I watched all of the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You watched just, all of Sabrina? Yeah, I don't, Are you well, kidding I was, me? I was, I was, <laughs> I was supremely hungover yesterday, and I had like five episodes left, so I was just like, I'm just laying in bed and watching this. Um, <laughs> and then Saturday morning, I didn't have like anything to do leading up into like the afternoon slash nighttime of like Halloween partying, so yeah. I was like, I'm just gonna knock out a couple episodes, and so that's how that happened. Um, how, Pretty, how how clearly was it? bingeable clearly yeah. bingeable okay. um i think it's <clears throat> it does definitely feel like it is kind of like a cw show in a yeah. way kind yeah. of like river daily or whatever um but it's not like too much into that um i really like all like the witch stuff i really like the sabrina stuff i do not like her like human supporting character friends yeah who they like try to like make kind of important by the end of the season and i just i just did not care for that aspect of it i've heard there's uproar or over the witch scenes they use this like weird glossy filter this like matte filter they that do, like blurs the sides of the screens or something yeah, that yeah, drives they, they people do, nuts yeah they, yeah they do this weird like focus lens like out of focus fisheye kind of thing <laughs> at times but they don't like use it consistently it's like yeah. a weird time when they use it and like when they do you're like why why are they like, doing am this? i drunk is it, my it, contact it, messed it, up it, it literally doesn't add anything and yeah. I, I couldn't figure out why they were doing it because it's so inconsistent um, how is uh how's my girl sally draper for mad men does she's, she does she she's slay outstanding. it she's outstanding she's great yeah, yeah she's she, like yes, queen yeah she definitely sells this um yeah no i mean i it, that's pretty much all there is to it i like all the witch stuff all that stuff the human stuff please just get rid of it um but there are apparently already shooting season two, so pumped for that. Nice, um, nice, nice, but nice, yeah, nice, no, nice. I, I recommend it. It's entertaining enough. Nice. Laid back. Uh, and then my last one, I've been watching season three of The Good Place, which is an NBC comedy um, starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Uh, this show has wild twists for like a half hour comedy to have. Um, it's very high concept, very funny, very smartly written, and um, it has gone to a very different place in the season three compared to the previous two seasons, but it still like works really well. I don't understand how this show is a show on NBC though, because yeah. it's so smart and so like out there at times that I just like, I don't get it, but it's really good. 
I've heard it's fantastic, and um, I'm I'm not going to turn this into a Brooklyn Nine Nine scenario where I let six seasons go by before <laughs> I give it a shot. Well, I'll give it a shot soon. Uh, anything else? No, that is that is it for me. I'm about seven out of I think thirteen episodes through Daredevil season three. Oh my Have you god, knocked... thirteen episodes! It trust me. Well, I don't want to overhype you because I know what that does to you. But this might be the best season of Daredevil yet, and I, oh. I'm, it kind of makes me happy that they canceled the. Uh, they canceled both Luke Cage and Iron Fist, right? Yes, yes. Um, some people think they're doing some spinoff show where those two get together and they're on their own show, but. I just hope more resources go to this because this season is fantastic, man. Hmm. Uh, you like you like long takes and no cuts, boy. I got a prison fight for you. <laughs> um, it rivals season one. It might be better. Uh, everybody's at their best here. You got Kingpin back. You got a new villain. It is really good so far. Like very bingeable. Honestly, that's why I didn't get to ghost stories. I'm not gonna lie. That's okay. You don't. You don't. So it's it, you're seven episodes out of thirteen. Do you think that it might end up having the typical Marvel Netflix issue of having a couple episodes too long? It has not had any filler episodes, nor has have I felt that it's had long filler scenes where I'm like, I don't okay. care about these these two. It's okay. been good throughout, and I can't imagine it sputters out. So uh, it's getting got good reviews. I really like it so far. Very bingeable. Give it a shot if you're a fan <laughs> of these uh, Marvel Netflix shows. Cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably start it now that I've you know gone through all of Sabrina. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got all your CW teen yeah, female yeah. dramas out of the way. Yep. Yeah. Now I can move on to the real man stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. That's it. That's it for what you're watching. That is it for this episode, which means we'll be back next week. Uh. With like I said before, either Bohemian Rhapsody or Suspiria, or maybe both. We'll see what happens. Um. Maybe an in-person episode fingers crossed we'll see what happens uh thank you for listening remember to uh subscribe and review on whatever podcast listening platform you use like comment share all that social media stuff follow us if you don't uh tell a friend to download um would love to get some more listeners that'd be great com slash feedback if you want to give us anonymous feedback you know rip me apart for any stupid ticks that i have rip andy apart for I don't know. Just for any being dumb me. jokes that he has. Yeah. Um, dad, dad joking at my musical <laughs> outros, maybe. I'm panicking Ooh, you... as I try and think of one. Go ahead. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, glitchup.com slash support. There's three different ways that you can support us uh, if you want to do that. And you can get some merch as well. We got, uh, I believe, we might have a couple new. Oh, yeah, we got some new designs merch. In, mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a couple the past couple of weeks or months or so. Uh, but thank you for listening. Remember to tune in next week, and uh, we'll see you. Happy Halloween! I don't have a song. Mm, I was hoping you were going to go with uh, Monster Mash. I almost Googled the lyrics to bring it up, but didn't think that I'd be able to pull it off. Then suddenly, to my surprise, he did the Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. He did the Monster Mash. From my laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from their humble abode To get a jolt from my electrode They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash They did the mash It caught on in a flash They did the mash they did the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking over digging the sound. Igor on chains backed by his baying hound. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It caught on in a flash. They played the match. They played the monster match. Oh. Out from his coffin rack's voice did ring. Seemed he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the match. Now the monster man. The monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's 
Now the Monster Mash. Now everything's cool, Jack's a part of the band. And my Monster Mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what it sent you. Then you can mash. Then you can Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. And you, my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can Monster Mash. Cashbox Magazine wish to present you with this uh, award for your outstanding achievements in the recording industry. No, no, not really. Um, you're going to be at the Dome tonight, is that the place? The Dome, right, Dick. Mm -hmm. This is in Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, right. I wish you all the very best. Lou Johnson is awaiting at the autograph table. Would you join us there, too? Sure will, sure will. Thank you very much. Oh, it's, you know. It's a <laughs> we'll see you later. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Lou. Now, for a few words from one of the most respected names in hair care, Helene Curtis.